Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Had a good weekend. We got a new Kentucky Derby winner. We're broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping. Free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. The way tire buying should be. Sixers beat the Celtics in overtime. Get to that in a moment. Uh, by now, I'm sure you've heard the hotly debated topic. I don't really know what the debate is over um, the little kerfuffle between the reigning MVP, uh, the the uh, last year, last two years MVP, not the reigning MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic and Suns new owner Matt Ishbia. You know, give me the ball. I don't want the ball. Give me the ball. It's live ball. But I want to I want to start with this. Coaching is not easy. And you will make mistakes. And it's interesting. David Blatt um, is a legendary head coach in Europe. And he came over and coached LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it it, it didn't work. Um, and it didn't work for a multitude of reasons. But one of the things, it, it got to a, a spiral point to where it didn't matter what he said. People weren't. You know, it, it got met with like he was a complete idiot for for anything he said. Right? And he said at one point in time, you know, being an NBA coach, like being a 
a fighter pilot. You know, there's like 200 decisions you're making at any time. And of course, in Cleveland, I don't know if it's the, uh, if it's a Midwestern look or maybe it was a national, it was as if he said the dumbest thing of all time. And the truth is, it's incredibly accurate. And here's how it's incredibly accurate. Joel Embiid drives in and it looks like he's driving to his left. It looks like he's going to spin back to his right hand instead of shooting, you know, with his right hand going to his left. He's got Jason Tatum on him. So he's much bigger than Jason Tatum. Al Horford is, again, if you're, when Joel Embiid's driving to his left, Al Horford is to his left. And then behind him, is I don't know if it was Marcus Smart who was guarding James Harden, and James Harden is open in what you would call the strong side corner, even though by the time NB gets to the middle of the court, there's no strong side or weak side. There's real quick, a little basketball uh, geography, right? You guys know the strong side is the side with the ball on the floor. The midline is if you take, if you, if you draw a line from one hoop to the other, that's called the midline. Okay, so if the ball is on one side of the midline, that's the strong side. The other side is the weak side. If the ball is at the midline, there is no strong side. There is no weak side. That's one of the reasons that uh, if you go back historically in basketball, and you can see it now some with the Phoenix Suns, where if you don't like, if you're getting double teamed and a team is rotating well, well, put the ball at the midline, top of the key, or even at the free throw line, and there's no strong side, there's no weak side, so the rotations get screwed up. It's called centering the basketball. Put it right at the midline. There's no strong side, no weak side. Famously, UCLA's high post offense, run by John Wooden, the ball would get to the midline, where they'd look high to low from the top of the key or high post to the low post to Bill Walton and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Why couldn't you stop it? Well, because there was no help side. If you're in the middle of the court, there's no help side. Meaning if Walton or, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then Lou Alcindor caught the basketball, you couldn't immediately double team or double team before you couldn't help. If you front them, you can't help because there's no help side. Anyway, Embiid's driving to the left, but got kind of to the midline. So... There was really no pure help side. He spins back to his, what would be his right side, but over his left, over using his left shoulder and throws it back to James Harden who hits a three. That's when the Celtics take the ball inbounds and don't call timeout. Now, how many times in our life do we see a big basket like that in the NBA? They call a timeout, they advance the basketball, and then you run a play, right? That's most of our lives. And you can call a timeout and you don't have to advance the basketball. You can just take it out wherever you want. Instead, the Celtics opt to not take a timeout. They play it out. Jason Tatum drives to the left baseline, throws it to Marcus Smart. But before Marcus Smart can even get a shot up, the buzzer sounds. They went, they took too long. So it it brings us to the discussion about coaching. Right? So here's how it works. The Boston Celtics are coached by a 34-year-old brand-new head coach. His name is Joe Mazzula. Joe played point guard at West Virginia. I uh, was a D2 or D3 head coach for like a year. He's been on the staff. And because he doesn't call timeout, it's like, well, that's a mistake. 
Here is Joe Mazzula after the game. That was the play. We just had to put a little bit more pace. We had the right matchup. Um, Jason got downhill and made the right play at the rim. We just had to play a little bit more pace there, but that's, that was the play. We got Maxi in the pick and roll, and uh, he made the right play. We just didn't play fast enough. So there you go. Didn't play fast enough. You bring it up. There's a little confusion. He calls a play. Got to go. Got to go. Got to go. By the time they drive and they kick, it's just too late. It's a second too late. So, of course, you're 34 years old. You've never coached in the playoffs before. You're in the second round. People are, people are going to say, you should have called a timeout and drawn up the play. But here's the problem when you call a timeout. Well, first thing is, yes, you get to set your offense. You know they get to set their defense, too. They can make defensive substitutions. Obviously, they wanted to go at Tyrese Maxey, rightfully so. Secondly, you also have to take the ball in bounds. So it's not just a play you're going to run. You have to sometimes run a play just to get an inbounds, or do you run a play to score? But there, there is a scenario where you don't ever get the ball inbounds, and it's their ball. But mostly, yes, you get to set up your offense. They get to set up their defense. And on that particular possession, the Sixers had their offensive lineup in. So if you have what you want against their defense, if you can engage Tyrese Maxey into switching onto a ball screen where you think Jason Tatum is just better than Tyrese Maxey, why call a timeout? I completely agree with it. It's not because I'm a don't call a timeout guy. It all depends. Would you call timeout? Would you not call timeout? It depends. Who's on the court? How much time do I have left? How many points am I down? How, how much foul trouble are they in? Do they have an offensive lineup in? Do they have a defensive lineup in? Are we tired? Are they tired? If I take it in, if, if I do call a timeout, how many do I have left after that? In case I don't get the ball in bounds, do I want to take it in full court? Do I, do I want to take it in half court? What do I want to do? Remember, we started with saying David Blatt said it's like you're a fighter, you got like a fighter pilot. Same thing. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on that you don't know and we don't know anything about. That's not even listed in there. And at the end of the day, they had their best player, you know, going downhill against the weakest defender for the Philadelphia 76ers. And because help came, they had a wide open shot on the weak side. It was just a, a half second too late. This is not me agreeing with always the philosophy. What, what you'll get is you get people go, well, I'm a, a don't call a timeout guy. Or I'm a call a timeout guy. You know, like Tom Izzo, and we'll talk a little bit later about Matt Ishbia, who was a former walk-on at Michigan State. Tom Izzo, he always calls a timeout. And I think too much so, but that's what he does. And they work on it, they drill it, and they practice it. Now, it allows the other team to set their defense, to set their lineup, and to know, hey, we've done a lot of studying. We know th- these are the plays that they like. This is where they want to run them. Let's stick to our rules, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can change up defensive coverage. You can do a million different things. If a timeout's called, I'm not an all or nothing person. Are you an all or nothing person in life? I, I think that's my major pushback against politics these days. Like you got to be all or, or, or one thing or all another thing. Like, no, you don't. Why? You're allowed to have thought. I'd like my team to play it out. On the other hand, do I have my point guard in the game? Is this team good at running a play? 
My best player, does he know what I want him to do? Do we have a set play? Do we have time? Is it in front of our bench or is it going to the opposite bench? Is it loud? Are we tired? Are we in foul trouble? Are they in foul trouble? Do they have someone they don't want in the game? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think what you heard from Joe Mazzullo was like, what's the point of calling timeout? I got what I wanted. It was just a half second too late. And they're going to have to learn from it. And sometimes it's the players, not the coaches. Sometimes it's the players, not the coaches. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. By the way, I thought uh, Matt Ishbia, who's the owner of the Suns, he had a tweet out today basically saying, don't suspend Jokic. Here's Charles Barkley on the Jokic-Ishbia incident. Oh, sorry about that. We'll get that uh, upcoming. Jokic said this. Here, here's jo- Jokic is Mike Malone and Jokic were the best. Which, which one do we have? We have Barkley? All right, here, here's Barkley. I would guarantee that Joker did not know he was, first he was an owner. Did the Secondly, shit have yeah. grabbed we have, oh, No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, I don't but think I'm just saying you're asking why. I'm telling I don't you think why. So you, you agree, Kenny? I agree. He's yeah, he shouldn't have got a technical. If it, was, if it was any other fan in the world, they wouldn't have gave him a technical. First of all, let me ask you a question, Ernie. If there had been a regular fan, he'd have got tossed. The other guy got tossed. I know, because he, he hit Joker. He touched him. He didn't yeah, hit okay, him. but I'm saying, though, if another fan wouldn't let the ball go, he would have got tossed. Would have got tossed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you're not throwing me out of my building. Yeah. Well, I just think <laughs> Exactly. No way. Uh, by the way, this hey, is the well, American the league. Hey, report. A lot of stuff come with that million, <laughs> except the ball, though. I loved it. I loved how those guys. Here's, uh, here's Jokic after the game talking about the incident. The fan put the hand on me first, so I thought the league's supposed to protect us or whatever. So, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. So we will see. Did you happen to know who the fan was? He's a fan, isn't he? If uh, he's a sitting senior, Phoenix Suns owner, sitting on the courts, and he's a fan, isn't he? Yeah. That doesn't mean that he's a so whoever it is, and he's a fan. He cannot influence the game by holding the ball. The fan put the hand on me first, so I thought the league's supposed to protect us or whatever. So, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll just, I'm wrong. I'll say this: so we'll there's, there's two different incidents like that this weekend, right? People are talking about Tatum's push off. If you go back and watch, I think it was Tyrese Maxey as well. Tyrese Maxey puts his hands on him first. That's a foul. So then, of course, and there's a push off. He didn't actually extend the arm. I wouldn't have called a foul either, because then you have to call the first foul. It's the same thing here. Yes, Ishbia, you know, did a little flop and, and sold it, but it, it, don't hold on to the basketball and don't get up close to an NBA player. That's not... I, I love Jokic saying, like, even though he knows clearly it's the owner of the Suns now, he's a fan. He's, not, he's at the game, he's watching, he's cheering, he's a fan. He's a fan. I was waiting for him to say, if he dies, he dies. I know Ramos was waiting for that one. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're doing great. Had an awesome weekend. Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live every day from sunny Southern California. Um, I got to share with you guys a funny, funny story in a second. We're broadcasting live on the TyRite.com studios. TyRite.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TyRite.com, the way tire buying should be. So um, I just got a, I got a letter in the mail from one of my neighbors. And it's weird because I just had this conversation with somebody literally just had the conversation. One of my best friends who was like, isn't it weird how nobody is able to have any sort of, um, even confrontational, like they just avoid conflict, just avoid any sort of conflict. And I, I bring it up because uh, I have, so I have two dogs. Uh, one dog is looks like Benji. His name is Luca. Luca Dogchich, and Luca is he's the he's the quintessential dog, right? He's a mutt. He looks like kind of like Benji. 
Uh, he gets up, wakes up wagging his tail, goes to sleep wagging his tail. He likes everybody. But again, like a quintessential dog, when he's in my front yard and I have like a, a little fence in the front yard, like a fake white picket fence or whatever, like people walk by, he'll bark. And then the second you come in the gate, like he'll, he'll come up wagging his tail up to you, right? He's never attacked another thing in his life. Anyway, so it was like, hey, it was a typed out letter. Almost like a, not a hostage note where they put together the letters from different things, but typed out letter. Dear Doug, could you uh, keep your TV down late at night? And because I have a surround sound that it has a speaker outside. And I honestly, I don't know what zone that is to shut, shut that off. Could you keep your speaker down? And could you, um, you know, your dog barks. Whatever. My point is simply if somebody just knocked on the door, is like, hey man, your TV was on late the other night. I'd be like, ah, sorry, I forgot to turn off that one zone. But people do not like any sort of conflict. Like it was typed out with no return address. Which, like, I don't if if you were to knock on my door, I'd be like, oh, my bad. Sorry about that, dude. Yeah, the dog. Yeah, I mean he's I don't know. I try not to have him out as front as much, but yes, John Ramos, go ahead. Well <laughs> my question would be, I, I know you say that, and like people don't know unless obviously he knows you. He put Doug. So yeah. obviously he or she knows you. So maybe there is some relationship there where you can do that. But like if you don't really know the person lives neighbors of you or people around you, I don't know if I go up to their door and just be like, hey, can you turn your TV down? You don't know how they're going to react. What if they get mad at you and start screaming at you and stuff? Or, hey, you dummy, how dare you come to my house? I mean, you're you're different because we know you and we know you wouldn't do that. But I, Like most human beings are like that. Like, uh, hey, man. I mean, again, it's all, everything's in the approach. That's so, true. Like, I, I do understand the, like, yeah, some people like freak out and obviously you see enough things on the news, right? But I mean, is it that hard to like, it's, it, it's such an effort to be like, Hey, one of your neighbors. So weird. Yes, Dan. Um, can I borrow the letter to give to my neighbors? Um, <laughs> just change the name on top. Sure. Um, no. <laughs> I, this... I have friends that'd be like, dude, now crank your TV up super low. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's no, that's the problem. That's, that's what that is. So I, I've had different issues uh, with one of our neighbors, and we had younger people living next to us, and I know it's commonly uh, accepted now and legal in many places, but they love <laughs> to smoke their weed. <laughs> so much so that th- their dad bought them a shed from like Home Depot where they would smoke the weed in the shed. Okay. This is hot box and weed, huh? This is this is the extent that they went so they could smoke their weed. But the problem is they don't want the smoke in their house. Well when they're smoking outside and we're living in Southern California and our windows are open, guess who gets all the smoke? We do. And All so I addressed our. I went next door. They were cool with it, Doug. They're just like, like just like you thought. Hey man, <laughs> they better hey, be. Hey man, yeah. Hey, you want some funyuns, man? Totally understand. Oh, totally understand, man. And then it happened my again, bad, man. And then man. it happened again. Then it's man. sorry, it again. My yeah. bad. Yeah. Then it happened again. Sorry. My bad. Then it happened again. Stop harassing my friends. It was the message that I got the oh, third boy. time. 
when when you have this agreement, like there is, it you would think that it would end. You would think that the situation would end, but it doesn't. And now it just makes it more awkward for everyone involved because, you know, you may be smart enough to be like, I'm going to turn my speaker off. But the next time you forget to, and then the, it's blaring again, now there's going to be something added to it. It's just, I don't think that there's any like awesome way to do it. Because um, even if you do it face to face, I, I just I don't know how much it solves it unless now you're super I think cognizant of it. Is, I think face to face is the best way. I I just do. I think all conversations, all things, you know, it's just like it's like if you're gonna fire somebody, best to do it face to face. That's assuming that you have two parties that know the art of like diplomacy. And you said you were having, just having this conversation the other day with your friend. I was just having this conversation yesterday morning at breakfast. Uh, my uh, my girlfriend's teenage son was like, why are people such jerks to me? He runs the uh, the Magic Mountain rides. And I guess these teenagers and even 20-somethings are just complete uh, jerks to the workers. Right. And I said, something happened. And I, I don't know, I think it may have been a pandemic thing where there people are just angry and they don't know how to deal with strangers anymore. So whether it's your case, Doug, people don't want to even come close to trying to talk to you or... In the case of like many airplane incidents that we see online every day, people don't know how to act with strangers in conflict. That's the thing. It's a great point. I I, I don't think they know how to, so they just avoid it. They, they just or or they just become an a hole or want to kick your butt, right? Yes. Well, maybe they should. Magic Mountain should follow the Disneyland thought pattern, where the guy talks to you in your in your car. Like he'll say, like, "Hey, keep your hands and stuff in the car. Good luck," you know, and so like as opposed as opposed to. No, it's just it's just the attitude people give you. You know, it's like, look, dude, their goal they 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 cannot you cannot get if somebody gets hurt on one of their rides, everybody gets fired, right? So. Sorry if I'm you. You almost feel like you're the wolf from uh, from Pulp Fiction. Sorry if I'm terse. <laughs> I'm Kurt. Uh. <laughs> but uh, we got a major problem here, and you want me to fix it? Right? Sorry if I'm terse or if I'm Kurt. But if you have your hands outside the ride when that's supposed to be, you're going to come back without a hand, and I'm not going to have a job. So that's how things work. By the way, you probably have your outside speaker on zone two. What was the, what, yeah, zone two. What was the address of the guys that smoke weed there? Uh, <laughs> Man. <laughs> you got everybody's like showing moved. up like, hey, I'm, I'm going to come over to Buyer's house tonight and stop by. Like, oh, hey, Dan, I'll just stop by and see your neighbor on the way. Okay, so this is a real question though. Um, you have a baby. Like, uh, what? what is, I understand what uh, the, uh, what is it, the, spirit of the law is but by letter of the law are, are aren't they allowed to to smoke yes this is, i'm just asking a True. question this this is the problem that i have with it they are smoking outside because they don't want it in their house right, right. i don't want right. it in my Please house think. correct so why I mean, in an effort to get out of your house you get into my house i get it yeah that's that's my whole issue they can do whatever they want but do it in your house don't do it in the backyard when the windows are open and it's you know that that's that's my issue, but I I can't. You know, there's not much that I can I can do with that. Mm. And apparently, the shed 
<laughs> this smoke shed only can do so much. It's like a humidifier. Uh, was it humidor? Is that what they call them when they put the cigars and stuff in there? It truly was one of those that sit out at home in the front of Home yeah, Depot yeah, yeah. and I, are I like, yeah. So the dad bought it? Uh, yeah, years ago. That's what. Then they would go in there and they would. But is that what the dad bought it for? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, because it was bothering the previous owners of our house. Let's see. Lawnmower, blower. Oh, weed smoking place. Well, I will say that uh, actually I kind of like I like the smell of and I, I'm guessing that in Nan's neighborhood. Right. And it's especially Southern California <laughs> subdivisions. You probably don't have a lawnmower in there. Right. But um, because if you did. If you did, it would probably be a bad idea, John, to light something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although that could rid you of your problem. (laughs) There you go, Dan. (laughs) Write that down. Well, that'll teach him to not smoke that shit. Look at our enormous window. It's the entire back of our house. Yeah, (laughs) smoking that shit. So, uh, what 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 uh, resolution did you come to, Jason Stewart? With the. with the airplane situation, the Magic Mountain thing? Yes. I just think that people, um, I think during the pandemic, I think people got worse. I think I think it was getting worse because of social media, that you can namelessly um, insult people without any repercussions on yes. social media. And then when you get in person and you try to do the same thing, that's when you get people cold cocking other people. And I think we went into the pandemic and then you didn't have to talk to anybody and then you come out of it and then you just have all these incidents everywhere. Um, I think that's that's kind of my working theory. I was thinking about the pandemic and we're going to talk about it in the pod about that. I mean, just awful shooting in. Uh, um, what is it? Not Plano, Texas. What's the suburb? Allen, uh, Texas. Allen, Allen, Texas. And we'll talk about some of the pod. It's just what has happened to people. And I, what I would say is um, I think the pandemic, uh, I think the pandemic did make things worse. It, it really did. It, it made, it just made people, I mean, between politics, how television is, uh, social media, like it's all bad and it's all made it worse. There is none of these factors are helping things get better. They're all making it get worse. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome him in. He's been covering the NBA for over 20 years. You see him on Fox Sports 1. You read his work at foxsports.com. He's the incomparable Rick Buecher. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's not bury the lead. Um, Ishbia comes out on Twitter and is like, nothing should happen to Joker. Uh, yeah. Joker, you know, it was it was weird. What do you think comes of this incident? I hope Ishvia is right, and um, but trying to anticipate how the league is going to adjudicate things, I, I don't know how they adjudicate things in games these days uh, when they go to review. So it's hard for me to anticipate whether they're going to suspend, uh, and that would be the the expectation that they would suspend uh, that they would spend uh, Jokic for Game Five. Uh, in Denver, I I just I hope not, and and I guess because Ispia has put it out there, and because this is not this is not a, a circumstance where if you read the the letter of the law going into the stands, I don't know that he was on in the stands. Jokic technically was still standing on the court; he was going to hit the ball. Ispia wasn't giving up the ball; it was play was live. It wasn't like there was a foul or there was a timeout or any of that. Play play was live. So um, he was trying to get the ball and and Ishbia uh, resisted. And so I I just don't see a fault in what Jokic did or that if I'm reading the rules that I could interpret it that he has to be suspended. I would agree with you. And 
I mean, I think Ishbia was being, you know, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a jackass in the thing. Yeah, and, sure. and Right? And a little bit of, you know, having, having fun or whatever. I, you know what's weird? You see Isaiah Thomas sitting next to him? Well, that's not, that's not weird. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is the shadow government in the Phoenix Suns right now. I know, I they, know it is. I know it is. One, Isaiah didn't like, hey, man, give him the ball. You know, and and then two. Oh, the other... Isaiah would have done the same thing. Isaiah would have done the same. This is what I love about what happened with Ishbia, is that what Ishbia did in the moment is what a player would do. Right. And his response afterward, I hope he doesn't get suspended, is also what a player would say. I think Matt Ishbia. I, I don't know that any other owner would handle have handled all of this the same way. Plenty of them wouldn't have given the ball back or held on to it or done something. But I think very few of them would have said, hey, I don't like imagine Robert Sarver. <laughs> Robert Sarver, the former owner of the Suns, would be screaming up and down that Jokic should be suspended for the rest of the series or whatever. I, I, I fully I fully believe that. So I don't like I the idea that Isaiah Thomas would have been like would have been less combative. I'm I'm I, I get the sense that's what you're saying, and I'm not sure you're right. No, I don't think Isaiah Thomas was less combative. I just think it was just weird to have him sit there and go like, "Dude, you better give him the ball." And then when he did the flop, like he he really kind of stayed out of it. It was just it was it was it was very odd. That was. That was weird. Now, what? So uh, maybe I missed something. Are you saying that Isaiah told him to give the no, ball? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't say. It. Just again, oh. it was. It was like he was. It, I mean, it, it was like he was watching a movie in front of him. But like, this is Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> and he just well, like literally did nothing. I didn't move. It was just we. The whole thing was just weird. Um, there's, a reason, there's a reason Isaiah Thomas has survived as long as he has. Oh, no question. No, one of the world's great politicians. Yeah. One of the world's great politicians. You know when to step in and you know when to step back. Well, the, that, that part has been learned because usually he just stepped in it. Um, yeah. Uh, the Suns playing better, winning both, but granted at home, but also without, without Chris Paul. Yeah. Does he play again this series? I, well, I don't know what his injury and in, injury, the injury situation is. Right. I, I do believe that um, it, the injury itself could keep him out for the rest of the series. But I would also say that they can be very uh, judicious or, or very cautious about bringing him back because in a lot of ways they're looking like a better team. Uh, they're a better team defensively. And Devin Booker's maturity uh, has been impressive. I, my whole feeling about the Phoenix Suns is different largely because Devin Booker is playing with fire, but he's not immolating himself. He, his decision-making, his ability to find ways to score uh, in transition and still stay uh, aggressive in those situations and at the same time being trapped as hard as he is and giving the ball up the way he has and still being active and not trying to you know force anything or prove anything I, I just uh, I can't say enough about what I've seen from from Devin we always knew he could score it was how was he going to manage himself in the game 
And I have seen major, major growth in that department. And it's the part where I thought that they would miss Chris Paul, and they haven't. And so uh, I, I think they can I think they can slow their roll and say, Chris, let's make sure you're 100% before we bring you back because uh, we're, we're doing just fine without you. Um, okay. How about we go to the Lakers-Warriors series? Mm, mm, mm. Um Who's been worse, Jordan Poole or Draymond Green? Oh, I, at least Draymond has had his moments. Yes. And certainly, I thought he had a big, uh, you know, I thought he was very, very good in Game 3. I, Jordan Poole is, has been... Game 2. He was really good in Game 2. Yeah. Um, Dray, 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 Draymond was really good in Game 2, not Game 3. Okay, Game 2. Excuse yeah. me, you're correct. Correct, correct. Game 2. Uh, Draymond was really good in Game 2. I, I don't know that... Jordan has been great in any of these games. He's been serviceable in one, if I'm not mistaken, and that might have been game two as well. Uh, game game uh, one, I he just, shot the ball well. Obviously, he took that deep. He took the deep three that people don't love or whatever. But, but I mean, the the shooting isn't just. He's never been a good defender. And the turnovers are a problem. And then he's shooting the ball terribly. It's like, God, what the heck happened to Jordan Poole? Uh, he, I guess... also, he looks so uncertain about what to do. And he's the primary ball handler. When well, that's, that's, that's the story. That's the story. Is that he has, he's dealing in a crisis in confidence, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah crisis in confidence. Exactly. His decision-making is so, he's so uncertain about what he should do. And that wrecks the rest of the offense. Um, because if your primary is uncertain, well, then <laughs> how, how am I as a role player going to know what it is that I'm supposed to do when the guy who's got the ball isn't sure what he's going to do? And so I, I just, um, to answer your question, I mean, without, without question, Jordan Poole has been a far bigger negative, and it's like they can't, they can't afford. Okay, so he's been bad. They've been able to play past that with the King against the Kings, and for the most part against the Lakers. But they can't have Jordan and Clay Thompson bad, and that's what happened in Game Three. And so my my greater question is: I, I guess Jordan is going to be what Jordan is at this. I, I don't know that I'm expecting him to suddenly find his way. Um, my feeling is that as the series and as the playoffs go on, uh, Steve Kerr is going to have to lean on other guys. The other problem is that Dante DiVincenzo can't hit a shot right now. He's having a crisis in confidence, too, as far as as far as shooting. He really doesn't want to shoot. Um, and that leaves them very thin with Clay off, Jordan off, Dante off. Your your wings and their ability to score and guys that Steve can trust, that, that's I think that's at the heart of their issues right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think happens tonight? I would expect that, the, the, look, I would expect the Warriors would not turn the ball over and would would not foul as much and that they win. Uh, I, 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 I've said this, and I said this through the Grizzlies series, and I believe this in this series as well. The Lakers are not dictating who wins. The Lakers are exploiting their opponent playing 
stupidly or shooting themselves in the foot. They're exploiting the mistakes that they make. I think that the Lakers are who they are. And I don't mean that as a knock. I mean, there's, there's plenty of teams that um, they don't lose, uh, um, but they don't necessarily beat you. They just let you beat yourself. And that's what I've seen. The Warriors, if they play to their ability and simply take care of the ball and don't allow the Lakers, not just the scoring, but the rest time that they get when they're shooting a lot of free throws, then I don't know how the Lakers can sustain things because I don't know how LeBron can sustain it. I don't know how AD can sustain it. Um, but if anybody's wondering why game three went the way it did, it's because it was a, it was a perfect storm of all the things that the Warriors simply cannot do uh, if, if they have any intention of winning. They can't turn the ball over. Um, they can't foul. Like, uh, against the Lakers, just, you're, better, you're better off conceding a layup and inbounding it and running it back the other way and keeping the game moving than, than they are in fouling and putting them on, putting them on the free-throw line. And, and I think they know that, and I think Draymond Green dressed it. Um, so I would expect that they're going to make those adjustments, and, and we go back to uh, the Bay Area 2-2. Buka, uh, lastly, uh, how important is the hire for the Milwaukee Bucks in keeping Giannis in Milwaukee long-term? I'd say it's huge. Um, well, I take that back. I, 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 we've had the long-term rumors about Giannis going someplace else. And uh, as long as he doesn't get in a room with Pat Riley, because Pat, Pat can convince anybody to do anything and go anywhere. <laughs> but I don't know that they're going to have the cap space available uh, to be able to, to make something like that happen. I think one of the things that people don't take into account with international players uh, in general, and Giannis in particular, is the gratitude he has for the Milwaukee Bucks drafting him, making him a star, building the team around him, giving him the life that he has. Uh, American players who are of his uh, quality assume all of that is theirs for the taking. Uh, Giannis does not. And so the idea that he would abandon the Milwaukee Bucks, um, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. And I also don't see him like, if I don't get this coach, I'm leaving because that's not the mindset of players that come up in international basketball. Sure. It's a very, very American thing. Buker, the best man. Look forward to seeing you on TV later today, Fox sports one and uh, foxsports.com. Rick Buker. Buker, thanks for joining yeah. us. Yep. You got it. Uh, Buke's awesome, but this may boost your own game with Chalk, the reigning champion of natural men's health. Max out your testosterone, energy, and focus. Chalk's male vitality stack. Visit choq.com today. Use the code Doug for 35% off any subscription for life. Uh, Do you guys hear? I mean, Ronnie James committed to USC. I thought this was cool. Uh, here's LeBron when asked about it after the game. First of all, congratulations to my son on... Um his next journey and picking a, a great uh, university in USC. You know, I'm proud of him. This is uh, an incredible thing. I was, I think I told Mike after the game, unless it was like one of my, you know, great grandmothers or great grandfathers or someone that I was way before my time. Um, to my knowledge, uh, this is the first one out of the James gang to 
go to college. Um, obviously, uh, his dad didn't go to school. You know, his, his mom didn't go to college. You know, I think my mom went, stepped on, maybe stepped on campus for a little bit. You know, maybe a community college or something. But she had my little ass running around, so she couldn't spend much time in the classroom. Uh, 19 years old, she couldn't do that. I was three. So it's um, very, 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 very um, exciting, very humbling, and great moment for our family. You know, it's just uh, super cool. He's a great kid. USC is getting a great kid. Obviously, they, he's there to play basketball, but, uh, you know, they're going to be a, a super um, surprised how great of a kid he is. I don't think anybody's going to be surprised how great a kid Bronny is. Like, I've literally never heard anybody say anything. There's no, like, nah, really, he's not. He's not a nice. It's the, the question becomes about his, uh, I mean, how much does he play? It's, I, I can just tell you, not just covering college basketball, working with some of these coaches on, uh, you know, everybody's so old now because you still have players with a COVID year and you're recruiting out of the portal. Um, and look, he's, he's quite obviously massively like overrated, but I don't mean it in, it, it'll come across as like, oh, you're being a hater. It's like, no, I'm really not. I'm actually very reasonable about it. I think that the way he plays probably best sets him up for getting a chance to play in the NBA because he's not a ball dominant guy. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't need the ball a ton to be a good player to be help. He can stay away from the basketball, catch it, and make shots. He can obviously finish. He's not a great lateral athlete. His dad can get away with not being great laterally because his dad's six eight, two hundred sixty pounds. He's only like six two ish, six two and a half. So I just think the hard part for Bronny is always dealing with expectations of others, maybe even expectations of his dad. But it's a it's an interesting selection, right? This is a school that famously had O.J. Mayo. Um, they're in the very much the shadows of of college football. No matter what anybody says about, oh, it's going to be so hype when Bronny's there. Like, not really. Not if if Caleb Williams has them getting ready for a national championship game. There's. There's not going to be a, high, a a ton of hype around SC basketball, which which I think is good for him. Yes, Dan. I was just going to say that because of LeBron's status, because of the wealth in the family, that you know NIL has become such a part of this that I I wondered if Bronny's decision basically should come down to and did come down to where recruits used to decide where can I be if I want to be close to home yeah. and how can I develop when I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I think close to home is the close to home and develop. I mean, like my son Hayes, he's like, why didn't he go to Ohio State? It's like, well, then his dad will never see him play. He's like, yeah. what do you mean? He, he can fly anywhere. It's like, no, he can't. He has he has a job. He's a Laker. <laughs> right? Like there there are sure. off nights where you can on an off night you can scoot over, you can see your son play. You know, and um, so I I think that's the the biggest part of it, and. You know, SC is SC's a little bit like Sierra Canyon, too, right? Where there's lots of stars kids go there. And so he kind of kind of fits that more than fits. I mean, I don't think UCLA really recruited him, but I, I think that's it, it fits there. Yeah. And, but I, and the point I was trying to make was when when you were being recruited, I was never recruited for anything. But those used to be the top decisions, right? Like, where do I want to play? Am I close to home, far away from home? Where can I develop as a player, playing time, that sort of thing? Now it's like, NIL, will I start? How quick can I make it to the NBA? Those seem to be a lot of the questions when we're talking about these prospects. 
And his, because NIL is not a part of the picture, almost seemed like it was could have been, and he chose for old school values, if you will. And the, the value may be just proximity to where his family is, where he's from. Totally fair. Totally fair. Um, gonna be, I mean, the, the whole thing is gonna be because I, I covered the Jordan, uh, the Jordan boys when they were in high school, and they just, I mean, he's obviously much better than those guys, th- than they were. Uh, he's good, but it's like, I, I feel like there are a lot of people who cover him who, whether it's the Curry favor, cause I, I, you don't get the vibe from people around Bronny that they're like looking to be, you know, just people fall all over themselves. I, I do. I'm a little pessimistic because of LeBron's comments of, well, he'll be in the NBA. He'll be in the NBA. Like, I think he'll be in the NBA, but if his name wasn't, Bronny James, I don't know if he would get... I, I know he wouldn't get that same opportunity as quickly as he'll likely get it. Uh, but I'll also point out that like it's not the, he's not the only human being that's ever gotten a favor to get an opportunity. Like That's actually life. That's how it works. Uh, my issue is, you know, in the McDonald's All-American game, for example, like he wasn't one of the five best players in his high school league. So was somebody else more worthy of playing in that game. But Andy's got a, Andy Enfield's got a good way about him. It's not a super hyped program. I think it kind of fits and they'll get a lot more attention than they usually do. But if you live in Los Angeles, I don't know how many people ever have gone to a USC basketball game. A huge win for USC. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.